Welcome to the latest Health Leaders podcast sponsored by Vituity. I'm Melanie Blackman, Strategy Editor for Health Leaders. Joining me today is Dr. Teo Corey, President of Vituity, a physician-led and owned multi-specialty partnership of more than 5,000 doctors and clinicians providing care for nearly 8 million patients each year. With a range of expertise spanning nine acute care specialties across 450 practice locations nationally, Vituity is uniquely positioned at the forefront of care transformation. In his role, Teo is responsible for managing enterprise risk, resources, and infrastructure necessary to achieve Vituity's mission of empowering healthcare providers to deliver exceptional care nationwide. He is also focused on assuring newly developed services and corporate partnerships are built on a strong foundation and successfully integrated with existing services. Teo, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Today, we'll be talking about how the present healthcare landscape demands an approach that puts the patient front and center in care delivery. This means extending care beyond the hospital walls and meeting patients where and when they need care. It also means actively listening to our frontline teams who know better than anyone how to deliver care that yields the most beneficial outcomes. To start us off, can you talk a little bit about Vituity's focus on innovative care delivery? Well, thanks for having me again. Uh, as a healthcare organization uh, providing care nationally across more than 450 locations, our culture and, and philosophy really has been uh, grounded on the commitment to making healthcare more accessible, more efficient, more effective, and delivering higher value to our hospital clients as well as our patients. And so with that philosophy and that commitment, we really have been committed over the years to continue to evolve and innovate new ways of delivering care, moving out of that niche that we that we had started in that's really been focused on brick and mortar facilities, moving more and more outside of that traditional realm and really looking very carefully at where healthcare is headed and trying to predict where we need to go as a sector and listening to what the patients need, uh, looking at it from a patient perspective and involving care delivery based on all those components. Over the past year, we've seen a growing trend in virtual care. How do your clinical teams leverage virtual care delivery? Well, there are many different ways to utilize this uh, tool to deliver care. We've seen over the uh, past decade or so, the more traditional means of uh, delivering virtual care for acute care, such as uh, tele-urgent care. That's been the most popular use for virtual care. Large provider groups and uh, large employers have used that uh, very effectively in managing uh, acute care needs uh, of individuals to try to decrease cost uh, for employers, costs of avoiding patients going to brick and mortar facilities such as urgent cares or ERs to hospitals seeking that care virtually, where a lot of times patient ends up not having to go to those facilities and, and being able to resolve their, their needs relatively quickly in a much less expensive manner. But in the last several years, we've seen that tool, the virtual tool, being utilized in many other forms as well. For example, providing specialty consultations within hospitals, in particular uh, specialties that are very uh, difficult to obtain and are expensive instead of having 
for example, a specialist at uh, every hospital facility, having one that's available virtually consultative uh, manner to those uh, various facilities. Therefore, a health system being able to scale and leverage that one individual, making it much more efficient and much more cost-effective. With COVID and the pandemic that we experienced over the course of last year, we started to see virtual care being leveraged in even newer ways. For example, to protect both the patients and the providers using virtual care to deliver care to patients without having to bring the patient into a hospital where they're exposed to other individuals that may have COVID, as well as decreasing the exposure of the providers from patients coming in. Uh, so we started seeing virtual care being made available to patients uh, through the EDs. So patients can contact their local ED virtually, get screened in that fashion if they need to have inpatient care, then they were directed to the uh, ED. If they didn't, then their problem, their care would be delivered virtually and avoid a face-to-face -face interaction. We also saw uh, an extension of the hospital into the patient's home for inpatient care as well. As hospitals were being inundated with large volumes, beds were being soaked up by uh, patients uh, with longer lengths of stay because of uh, the higher acuity of care needed in caring for COVID patients. These beds were uh, more and more difficult to obtain for patients that really needed them. What we started doing is starting to discharge patients earlier from the hospital uh, to their home, being able to continue to provide care for them virtually, while at the same time bringing to the patient's home various resources necessary to continue that care, such as medication delivery and uh, physical therapy and things like that. So the pandemic has really forced the health systems to really think of new ways to leverage virtual care and has really benefited us over the course of the last year. I see that now as a new way to continue delivering care moving into the future. That these new modalities of caring for patients that were being utilized to manage us through the pandemic uh, are continuing to be used even beyond that because they inherently are very effective. Patients are accepting them and makes it much more accessible for our patients and for providers. What advice do you have for health systems to nurture their provider teams into an innovation powerhouse? To really nurture that innovation within their, within their system, really got to start with creating ownership creating ownership with the providers within their system, recognizing that providers are faced with the challenges of caring for patients on a daily basis, and they see what those challenges are. They also have already ideas of what, what the solutions can be for those challenges. Uh, and therefore, inviting these providers into the room to discuss challenges and solutions and creating an ownership where they have ownership of developing those solutions getting them involved early on, that will within itself develop a culture of innovation where the providers see that they have an avenue to create uh, solutions for problems that they are dealing with and problems that they see their patients dealing with. Getting providers involved early on not only will help the uh, health system create a, a sense of innovation and start to uh, develop solutions, but by getting them involved early on, you have a greater chance of having a successful implementation of a new program because providers have been involved from the, from the get-go in that project. In addition to that, the health system needs to be very 
aware of removing obstacles for their teams as they develop innovations, uh, whether the obstacles are resources, time, policies and procedures, red tape that the systems already have in place that are obstacles to new solutions. The role that the health system needs to play is to help uh, remove these obstacles so that their provider groups are free to continue to innovate these solutions and implement those solutions. So, and once a solution has been uh, developed by this provider group, then uh, really at that point, it's just a communication with the rest of the system of those solutions and where it came from. By sharing this information, by sharing uh, these outcomes with the rest of the system, uh, other providers within the system will start to see that they too may have an opportunity to get involved and that starts to generate greater interest in innovating and uh, developing solutions for the system. Thinking about better patient care, what are you hearing from patients related to their experience leveraging virtual care? We're definitely seeing patients uh, accept virtual care uh, more and more, especially after the pandemic of the past year. Having been forced into it, I think uh, overall patients have been surprised by um, the quality care that they're receiving, the ease of care, and the ease of using the system, the virtual tool. We found that at one of our facilities at Providence Holy Cross Medical Center, for instance, um, where patient uh, experience scores moved from the 37th percentile uh, to the 85th percentile due to improvements in patient-provider communication that was enabled by virtual care. Uh, so it definitely has a very positive effect and we're seeing more and more patient acceptance of this tool. In addition to that, uh, we're seeing more and more acceptance of utilizing virtual care by providers as well. As both parties get more and more comfortable, this is becoming a more popular tool to use in delivering care to patients and patients wanting their care through uh, virtual care. It's much more convenient for them uh, in many cases. What is your vision for the near-term future of healthcare, and in particular, the role of the acute care provider? Well, coming out of the pandemic, I think we're going to continue to see this tool being utilized to extend the walls of the hospital into the patient's home. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, it was and is currently being utilized to manage patients, uh, in particular with facilities that are inundated with large volumes and don't have a bed space, now being able to discharge patients sooner home, but caring for them and continue to care for them while they're at home, having the providers round on them at home and delivering resources to the home. I think we're gonna see that continue on even beyond the pandemic, because it makes sense on a variety of levels. And we're gonna to continue to see this care and what we're comfortable caring for outside the traditional brick and mortar utilizing virtual care, we're going to see uh, that comfort growing into other areas as well and for different types of patients and different types of services. One of the more exciting aspects of it is also utilizing virtual care to help patients navigate through the health system, virtual navigation is uh, becoming more and more popular. Uh, one of the big obstacles to healthcare over the years has been that we're very fragmented and very difficult for our patients to navigate through the healthcare system. And that is a risk that will continue for us as we start to add now this new mode of uh, care delivery through virtual care. The risk there being that we will fragment care even further. But with telenavigation, 
uh, we have the opportunity to actually address that gap significantly where patients have access from their home directly uh, an individual who will help them navigate to the next uh, level of service that also may be virtual or maybe a brick and mortar uh, interaction for them. But telenavigation is uh, a up and coming uh, new mode of caring for patients that is promising in many ways, but especially because it's addressing this uh, fragmented care uh, by helping address that gap. Well, Teo, thank you so much for joining me today and sharing your expertise. It's been wonderful speaking with you. Thank you. Thank you to Vituity for sponsoring today's episode. And thank you to our listeners for joining us on the Health Leaders Podcast. Until next time, keep taking care of your patients and each other.